0: Welcome inside episode 714 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, it's game day. The Ottawa Senators are going to put a 7 nothing loss behind them and move on to Missouri, where Brady Gachuk's homecoming will take on the St. Louis Blues. And we have our friend Mark Mathot back on the
1: show. He's battling through stuff. It's his flu game, but he comes on and he delivers. We talk about a disappointing 7-0 loss. And what are the Sens going to do with this decor?
0: Yes, lots of great conversations to come. And it's all brought to you by Farm Two Fork. Check them out at farm2forkdelivery.ca and taste the Farm to Fork difference. Make sure you use promo code zoob fifteen. For 15% off your next order, you will never go back to grocery store meats. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Schlitzler, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Monday, January 16th. The show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by simply clicking the thumbs up and liking the channel, subscribing to Locked On Senators channel. Be a friend, tell a friend as well. The word of mouth is a very appreciated way of growing the show. We want to wish a happy birthday to Sens prospect Tyler Boucher, who turns 20 today. Of course, Tim Stutzla turned 21 yesterday. Unbelievable uh, how much production he's had at such a young age. But Pillsy, this team needs to produce today at least a goal.
1: Yeah, we'll set the bar at one goal. Yes, one goal. Uh, over under uh, .5 goals here because a 7 nothing loss like that is – there's, there's no way around it. You could talk about the altitude. You could talk about it's the Stanley Cup champions. No, there's no excuse for a 7 nothing loss. And I appreciate that the Ottawa Senators didn't try to make excuses. Brady Kachuk said, this is embarrassing. Thomas Spott said, most embarrassing game in my professional career. And yeah, <laughs> dead on with that. That was tough to watch and to do a postcast for. But Ross, we're going to get some reinforcements here in this lineup for tonight's game.
0: Yeah, before I tell you who's back, just to finish off another player quote, Shane Pinto this morning saying, we didn't watch any video of the game on Saturday because we knew what happened. Bad, burn the tape game for the Ottawa Senators in Colorado. Tonight, they're in St. Louis taking on a Blues team that's in a bit of a similar predicament. They're fifth in the Central Division, 45 points in 44 games, actually tied with Colorado. But the one difference, Colorado has a plus seven goal differential. St. Louis? minus 20. St. Louis is below 500 at home as well. 8, 10, and 2. Meanwhile, the Ottawa Senators are 8, 10, and 2 on the road. So, identical records, home versus road, but we know Brady Kachuk's going to come to play tonight in his hometown. His dad will be in attendance, I'm sure, the whole family as well, and um, they're going to have another third line winger back. Matthew Joseph looks like he's ready to return. What kind of impact do you think he could immediately have on this bottom six? I mean, it's going to be
1: an improvement, that's for sure. This bottom six, no offense to a lot of these guys, but the replacement guys, and I think that's pretty clear to to everyone as the top six has really done a lot of the point producing in the absence of guys like Matthew Joseph, Tyler Mott, uh, Josh Norris. The top six really has had to be good for this team to have any sort of success. I'm not going to put too much pressure on him because he's been out a while. What was his injury again? He's been out so long, I kind of forget what... I forget uh, too. Yeah, so I'm not sure uh, if it's, yeah, yeah, if it's going to affect. You can't keep track of the injuries for this uh, Senators franchise. Lower body. Yeah, so that's going to affect his skating, and uh, he's a guy that relies on that speed to break the puck out of the zone and to be a good forechecker. So we'll see if that hinders him at all. But you know what? It's just it's just nice to see uh, a guy you have as a big part of your roster. He's signed to a four year deal the Nick Paul trade, you need him to kind of supplant that missing spot in the roster. So I'm very glad Matthew Joseph is back in the lineup.
0: Yeah. It took a little bit longer, right? They said he's going to be out two weeks and that was four and a half weeks ago. So really good to see him back. I'm sure he's chomping at the bit. He was the guy who took part somewhat in the send skills competition as well. So did Josh Norris, who is likely going to make his return on Wednesday when the team gets back home to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes. Those Pittsburgh Penguins who are still battling with the Islanders for the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Fun schedule coming up, by the way, Pilsy, for the Sens. Penguins Wednesday, Penguins Friday, Jets at home on Saturday, then the Islanders next Wednesday, a team I just mentioned, battling for that last wildcard spot. And then we're finishing January at Toronto, home to Montreal, day off, day off at Montreal before the All-Star break yep
1: it's uh it's going to be a very interesting month
0: and not only in terms of what is this team but what are they going to do going forward we're going to get to that with mark mathot coming up not a normal game day preview we'll touch on that in our three things to watch video coming up a little bit later on today but pilsey great conversation coming up with math
1: yeah we're so we're so fortunate to have his insight and a guy that uh You know, I I think you you can hopefully tell through uh, the interviews, we're just chalking it up with him. Like we didn't sit down and prep a lot of questions or or any questions, I should say. It's just like, hey, it's our recurring uh, segment with Mark Mathot. Let's see how he feels about this team and let's just chalk it up. And I feel like any interview we have with him just flows really good. And he gives us a lot of insight that as (laughs) two guys that have not played competitive hockey, we can't have that insight. So it's really, really a pleasure to have him on the show.
0: And it's also great from the standpoint that his type of play is exactly what this team needs. So I feel like for mm-hmm. diagnostic purposes, he's able to, to discuss what they need, whether it's a prospect that we get into and how he knows if and when they're ready for the NHL or if it's guys who are maybe on the trade market. He's also been calling a few um, OHL games, so we asked him about a Sens prospect that he had a chance to watch. All that's coming up. You're listening to Locked On Senators.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. Guys, this has been something I've been making a part of my morning routine. And with Athletic Greens, it's great because you can have a subscription. So every 40 days, I get my package of AG1. And AG1 is so clutch for me because it's simple. It's just one scoop of the powder into your cup of water every morning. And you're getting 75 good vitamins, minerals, Uh, Everything that you need to start your day off right because with this special blend of ingredients, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy refocus, your recovery, aging. All of those things are incorporated with AG1. It's lifestyle friendly, so whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's good for you. No GMOs, less than one gram of sugar, and still tastes good good. You gotta reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition of AG1. Trust me. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance from Athletic Greens.
0: Today's episode is also brought to you by Farm to Fork. Visit farm2forkdelivery.ca and taste the farm-to-fork difference. I'm pulling it up right now if you watch on YouTube that the farm2forkdelivery.ca website is so easy to use and so solid when it comes to the interface and showing you exactly what you're going to get in your order. Whether it's one of their bundles, the variety pack that we sent over to Mark Matha, He's already dummied all of his steaks. We'll get his complete reaction and um, I don't even want to call a sales pitch, his honest feedback about what Farm to Fork is all about. Yep. You can shop their favorites. How about 10 filet mignons for 200 bucks? And you're like, okay, 200 bucks, but you're investing in 10 amazing meals for yourself, or five if you want to support your partner as well. Make them a nice little steak. There's no way to end a hard day's work than with a AAA 28-day-age filet mignon all of it's available at farm to fork it's all flash frozen so individual portions and they're perfect for your busy lifestyle you can go to farm to fork i would recommend the bundles that way if you want one thing or another you have variety in your freezer all you have to do at the at the shopping center is go and get your your vegetables your starches and they'll take care of the the, the the head of the the plate. What do you call it, Pilsy? protein.
1: The, your main meal. Your it's it's the piece de resistance of your dinner.
0: Resistance. Leave it to Pilsy for a little en français to get the point across. Farm two fork delivery and make sure you use our promo code when you go there. Why wouldn't you? Get fifteen percent off with Zoob fifteen. That's fifteen percent off your order with promo code Zoob fifteen at farm two fork delivery .ca go taste the farm to fork difference you will never go back to grocery store meats all right pilsy let's get to our conversation 35 minutes with senator's former defenseman it's mark mathot all right we now welcome on one of our best friends of the show it's former sen's defenseman TSN analyst and all around good dude mark mathot welcome back how are you brother
2: i'm um- I was just having this chat with you guys prior. I have such a bad headache on the left side of my head that it's making me nauseous. So you mentioned it there, Ross, this is my flu game right now. We'll see how this goes.
0: Cautiously optimistic. You're going to get through it, which were the words that you said about the senators last time we had you yeah. on where are you at now.
2: Uh, you know, I, I don't want to join into the, the whole pile on thing. Like, you know, as far as everyone understandably upset, with the inconsistencies that are going on. I mean, the last, the last week I was, you know, I was following along pretty well, but also a heavy focus on the junior game that I had to do on Friday. And I got another one this Friday. So it's been hard. I'm kind of balancing both. Uh, You know, we look at the Seattle game. It was terrible, right? I mean, it was just an all out frenzy as far as opening the floodgates and exchanging chances. Then they win. And then they go to Colorado and, lay another egg. Um I I think what really bothered me with the Colorado game and I think many people would agree was just the way they lost, right? It, 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 and it's one game, but you know there is a trend here and you're starting to see it where you know at the start of the season I was very apologetic as far as defending the team and the system and the structure. Uh but you're starting to see it. You're really starting to see it now where it, I mean, it's undeniably there's something going wrong defensively. I think the main thing still is the common uh storyline that we've been discussing that I've been harping on over the last six months and it's been the back end um they're desperate. I'm not going to go into a into a rant here where I'm going to start chirping all the guys on the back end, although I may lose that train of thought and go into it anyway at some mm-hmm. point here but um they've they 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 are really bad right now on the back yes, end they and are, when when a when a player like Th- to finish that point when if when a player like Thomas Shabbat has a bad game, or Sanderson kind of gets exposed a little bit here and there, which is completely understandable. I mean, I was in the American League at that age, but yeah. then they're really exposed, and, and, and everything is magnified, and you're seeing all the holes, and um, it'll be interesting to see where this goes here into the deadline. I'll let you guys chime in quickly. I want to know what you thought.
0: Yeah, and I want to get into kind of the solutions afterwards, but first, like, losing 7 nothing in Colorado. I'm looking at your numbers, Matt. Colorado is tough for you, too. Like, is there oh, something yeah. Is there something about the the altitude that really does affect guys? Because it feels like yeah. a unfair home advantage, I'm saying here. Hey,
2: listen, and I said this. I was transparent about it last week. I think we were in a thread talking to somebody, and I had mentioned, I can't recall ever having a legitimate good game there. You know, like, I've had games where there were glimpses where I had a couple opportunities or something like that. But even, like, shared between Columbus, Ottawa, and my shorts sit in Dallas, but I don't even know if I played in Colorado, but I I can't roll. can't recall having a very good game. And the altitude to me is the biggest thing. Um, you feel it when you get there. And then you feel it even more. So in the morning skate, you feel it in the pregame warmup where you taste a little bit of blood in your lungs. Uh, but that doesn't prevent you from making good decisions. Um, but it certainly does affect your cardio and it can affect your, your lungs and having to shorten your shifts and, um, You know, I, I don't want to say that that's the reason why they got rinsed 7 nothing. Um, <laughs> The biggest stat there, I mean, and you look at the numbers, there's one power play goal against, right? I I can accept power play goals only because you're going to take bad penalties some games and maybe a ref's got your number or things just aren't clicking. But six even strength goals. And I, I mean, I broke the ball down. I got this dumb sheet that I wrote down, but I don't know that I even need to get into it. Like, you know, okay, there's a couple there where Shabby wasn't looking very good, and we'll give him a pass on that. I don't think his game's been terrific as of late, but it was glaringly obvious in this game that he was very poor, and he's admitted to that, and he's called himself in on it, so good for him there. I'm not even going to bother with that. Let's just give him the pass on that that game, but... I mean, you look. You look at the bad, like like Lekkinen's first goal, bad line change, uh, all around poor coverage on Rantanen's second or on his first goal. Uh, you know, on on Lekkinen's on Lekkinen's power play goal, like the, the the only power play goal against Gambrell just gets kind of lost in the coverage coming back. Like every goal, there was somebody that messed up, and so yeah. I mean, I could play analyst role, break everything down. It was just a big shit burger. They laid an egg that game, and. The one thing I will say, just to kind of finish off my point on that specific game, Colorado, I think, had – there was a stupid stat where they – they I think they had 50-some-odd dump-ins. Like, it was <laughs> an egregious number in that game where – what does that tell you? Well, they've identified an area, a weakness in Ottawa, and you do you go over this stuff before a game. It's written on the board. Expose their defense. Get pucks behind Ottawa's D. Make them make a play – forced them to make mistakes, and they did that. And I, th- I believe that was the only game all season in the NHL where the, there have been that many dump-ins. And we're talking about a possession team like Colorado. So obviously there's something there. Uh, but as far as that specific game goes, without touching on all the players and stuff, that's what I saw. I mean, I, I watched a lot of the highlights. I, I fast-forwarded through some of the game on Sunday. I didn't watch the game on Saturday because I was obviously traveling back from Toronto, But uh, and I was gassed. But yeah, it, it didn't look good. It was a it was a stinky one, and I think now going into St. Louis, you know, no matter what they do lineup wise, I don't think it'll it'll matter. I think for me, it's like they're so embarrassed with the way they played last game. You could come back with the exact same lineup and no changes, and you're going to see a much better effort put forth.
1: I would certainly hope you see a much better effort, right? uh, Mark. You got lucky missing that game. Uh, I I watched the whole thing and did a postcast. It was a shit burger. Like you said, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Nobody was any good at all. And look, I've been to Denver. I know the altitude is a thing. Like you, you can feel it, like going on hikes, walking around, you feel it, but I don't know if I can allow the altitude to uh, have a seven, nothing effort. And I'm not saying that's what you were saying at all, but I just, I just mean that like, maybe if that's a result of being a little tired and not having your best game, that's fine. But if you look at the quotes from these guys like Thomas Shabbat, this is the most embarrassing game I've played in my career. Brady Kachuk, the captain, being absolutely embarrassed by his team's effort. Have you ever been a part of
0: a seven nothing loss, Mark? He was in, in the playoffs against Pittsburgh. They they beat you seven nothing and you came back for game six. They beat a seven nothing. They beat you seven nothing in game five. <laughs> And okay thought, well my my only counter gone.
2: argument would be at least we were in the playoffs at that point <laughs> yeah, but nice. which, which I I which I suppose doesn't necessarily excuse that poor performance but things can happen and you know whatever <laughs> but um but during the season we've had you know we laid some pretty big eggs in Columbus like I remember I remember being in Colorado back in the day when when I was with Columbus and Broussard was there and we had Mike Commodore and a bunch of other guys nice. it was so ridiculous that like when we would get scored on in some of these games where we were just getting shellacked, we would like be kind of smirking at each other like from the bench because like we were so concerned about our plus minuses. Like it was it was to the point that it was so beyond um like the score doesn't thing. even matter
1: at this point. Yeah, like yeah. it was comical.
2: <laughs> like, you know, I'd be like kind of going like this, like looking around on the bench and looking at a brass because he got scored on, and I'm thinking, like, oh my god. But it's I think bigger picture with regards to this current team right now. Um, I just feel bad because I know what it's like to go to the rink when you're playing on a losing team, and you lack that sense of pride that you yearn for as a yeah. player. I mean, there's there's not a better feeling than going to the rink knowing that you know your respected team, that your opponent's going to respect you, and you know there's a good chance you might win that game, right? Like like you're not you're not going in there with your head you know tucked between your legs, kind of embarrassed. Um that that to me, is the biggest thing. and and it's, you know, not just that, but it's it's that relationship with the fan base and, you know, wanting to be prideful and wanting to to be proud that you're playing for the Ottawa Senators and that the fans have your back. and it's not like a poor me situation where, yeah. you know, all you're concerned about now are your numbers or not looking stupid on the ice, you know, and, and it's 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 complex. But when you're on a when you're on a losing team like this, I can't stress enough how how painful it is coming to the rink every day and avoiding the coaches and like, you know, you know, you're walking down the hallway and then the head coach is walking down the other way and you have to cross paths and you just had a stinker of a game the night before. And it's like, yeah. is he going to call me into his office? Do I make eye contact with him? Do I say hi? It, it's just, this is the type of shit you should not be concerned about when you go to an NHL rink, right? Like you should be focused on the task at hand, the practice, the game. So, you know, there's a lot going on mentally and, and it's certainly not a situation that any player enjoys being in, but you know, some teams have to be, you can only have so many winning teams. And unfortunately, Ottawa is on the losing side of it now.
0: Yeah. So
1: they- go, ahead, go ahead. So how how do you get that pride back? Like, what are some of the things that as a team, look, there's no escaping it. And uh, I like that the players, you know, they didn't try to make excuses. They just ate it on the chin. They said, this is embarrassing. Right. You can't play like this. How do you try to give yourself that kind of even if it's fake, self confidence. Like, how do right. you, as a team, get together and try to build that back? Especially when you're still on the road, you yeah. got another game in a couple days. It's not like they have a long stretch or something. Like, how do you get that spark back?
2: Yeah, and that's Pilsy. That's tough because yeah. you mentioned like even if it's fake. So sometimes you have to manufacture. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I had this tough chat with my dad. De- my old man came by the other day, and we were just talking about because I've talked my son's playing hockey now, and. I'm trying to figure out how to push them the right way. And, you know, cause my dad was a bit of a hard ass at times and we're t- I'm trying to like change my approach a little bit with my son. But at the same time, when you're there, you know, you can be hard on them. And so it's, 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 there's always challenges. there trying to find that motivation. So especially when you're on a losing team and, and, and sometimes you have to just have a really short memory. And I, that that was the discussion I had with my dad. I was like, listen, there were times growing up where like even in junior, that's when he started to just let me do my own thing. Cause there was nothing more he could say to me as a player. You have to find it within yourself. Yeah. You can, you can get some nice little stories from your support group and system, but at the end of the day, there's no denying what the situation currently is. And if you did have a bad game, it doesn't matter what your old man or your friends told you or how good you may be, you know, you're only as good as your last hockey game. And so you have to just – you have to try to ignore all that negativity, learn a little bit from it, but really just focus on that current game and and try to try to just focus maybe on that first shift, right? Like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I just want to make a couple good hard pa- first passes, you know, maybe get a couple hits in, and then I'll start feeling good about myself again. But that needs to happen. You know, if you go back out tonight after a bad game – and your first shift you know you, you get scored on or something happens you're 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 so fragile mentally that that could really fuck your whole game up so you know th- collectively they need to lean on each other now like everybody's got to be in on it right like yep. your partner can't have a night off your forward group can't have a night off everybody needs to work that much more that much harder to come back help each other out the D's got to be there to support the forward group like i look at some of these games where they're really getting waxed or they're they're getting beat up on the score sheet it's a lot of these issues to me are stemming from that back end and so they've been relying so much on their scoring and on their offense so when when their forward group here in ottawa does have a night off where maybe they're not in sync the way they should be it's just all hell breaks loose and things just fall apart so you know at some point and this is what we'll probably get into this chat with the for with the with with the general manager with Pierre. and what's he going to do with the trade deadline it's like do you address that back end now? Like, like, what, what's the right answer? I saw Mendez this morning at the gym before I cut it short because I was being a baby and had to leave because of my headache. We we're, I was talking to Ian. I'm like, Ian, what do they do? Like, what do you do now? At this point, going into the deadline, like, are, you're not necessarily a seller because your core's intact. Maybe you try to eliminate some players. I mean, and I, I don't mean uh, like all these guys, but like guys like Holden, Hamanick, Zaitsev, like, at some point, you gotta move on, right, and and look forward and bring up guys like JBD and Thompson and just let them play and maybe best case scenario, you do drop a bunch of games and you 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 improve your draft pick uh, situation going into the summer. I I mean, if I I don't envy Pierre Dorian's uh, position right now because at the same time you've got the pending new ownership kind of looming over your shoulder. Same thing with DJ and the coaching staff. So they're conflicted. They 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 can't figure out to. They want to win games so that they can maintain their jobs, potentially. Does that even matter at that point if new ownership comes in? And so do you sell and and, and worry about the future, or do you pay more concern about your current situation and winning yeah. games so that you can potentially keep your job? Like, There's so much going on that I don't know what the right answer is anymore. I'm just sitting here, and I'm just watching it play out in real time, and I, I don't know what to say anymore.
0: Well, we've said a few times that it's always darkest before dawn, but the way you described it, it really feels like we're into that period right now. We're going to get into some solutions coming up, but Mark, I got a trivia question for you. Which game with the Dallas Stars did you play the most ice time and the most shifts? Oh, wow. I, I, would, so- I would only bring it up for a reason.
2: Was it against? Could have been against Ottawa. Um, in Colorado, in Denver. No. Wow. You know what? Well, I have I, I have played some decent games there. I will say that, and Plus I do remember in- that. I remember that game. I was just feeling it, like I had, <laughs> like you know, like I'm not not offensive at all, but I was getting these lanes, and I was skating the puck. At, I do remember now. Yeah, and I was getting some opportunity. I didn't get. I don't even think I got a point, but. But I, I was I was looking pretty offensive that night, and I think the coaching staff recognized <laughs> it and kept putting me out. <laughs> hey, were you playing with Klingberg that night? No, uh, no. The the Klingberg experiment started early in training camp, hmm. and it just and, and I knew it would happen. Like it just it just didn't work because him and and Lindell oh, cool. had so much chemistry together, right? And so I played a little bit more with Haskinen and okay. Stephen Johns. Those were the two guys that I was always being paired up with.
0: Oh well, I don't think he played much with Stephen Johns. This game, he played five minutes. You were up at twenty four, but plus one in a five
2: three loss. Let's go, Matthew. There had we five. go. <laughs> you had your guy. See, I feel good now. Now I want to go back to the gym. All Let's right. go. Well,
0: before you get to the gym, we got some solutions to get to. But first, today's oh. episode is brought to you by Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Visit Bet Online. It's where the game starts, and it's where you can go if you want to be really mad after a seven nothing loss. Like feel personal, <laughs> like you were in the game. Matt talked about the players. What about the guys who put their well hard earned money online? Yeah. Yeah, like Pillsy, like me, yeah. over at Bet Online. We do it responsibly, but we have fun doing it. Bet Online. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. You can go there for your podcasts, your scores, your articles—basically anything to get you set up for the best odds at taking. Home, some cash. So check them out right now. It's bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. Mark Mathot with us. Meth, before we get back to the Senators, you called, was it Oshawa Kitchener
2: on Friday? Yeah. Thomas yeah. Amara, scouting report. Yeah. Okay. So. Obviously drafted, obviously a third round pick. Um, so I didn't, I didn't expect him to be Paul Coffey by any means, uh, but I, I expected a little bit more. But it was one game. Now, I, and I don't like being critical of these teenagers because, like this, there's so much that can change throughout their developing years, like that that Hamar is currently going through as well. Reminded me a little bit of Branstrom, maybe at the time. Slightly taller. I know they have him listed at six feet. There's absolutely no chance he's six feet tall. He's
1: tiny. Yeah, I agree. Like, like, like that. I, I, I was having
2: this, dis- I was having this discussion, Pilsy, with with Victor Finley, the the play by play. He's he's fantastic, by the way. But um, I every time I look like at, at, at uh, the stat sheets here, especially with junior players, because it reminds me of when I played. Anytime you see somebody listed at six feet exactly. There's a good chance they're 5'10". Yeah. So the numbers just are never accurate. And so, you know, I was watching. Anyway, all that aside, none of that matters. It doesn't matter how tall he is. If you can play, he can play. Um, not, first of all, he's the worst plus minus on his team. Uh, I What do I have him listed down here? I think he's got about a levy. He's got 11 points through 27 games. He he was okay. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. Um I don't want to be too critical because again, it was one game, and I'm calling a whole game, so I'm not focusing in on one individual in particular. But uh, it's he's exactly what Ottawa already has a lot of. You know what I'm saying? So I'd be a little more fired up if I was watching a player like Clevin or anybody else, a player that Ottawa genuinely needs at the moment. Uh, Hamara just reminds me a lot of what they kind of have in Thompson, not JBD per se, but as far as that like mid-level size kind of guy. A little bit of offensive, probably. I've, he leans offensive, but isn't putting up spe- spectacular numbers. So that's where I'd have him now. I'm I, 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 I going to reserve judgment. Going to give him another year or two to see exactly where he's at. But I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a pro yet. I think he still has a lot to learn.
1: Yeah, I think um, he's someone that, you know, you can wait for, though. That, that's yes. the nice thing that the totally. Ottawa Senators have – kind of more blue chip prospects on the back end waiting here. And I think that's a perfect segue to get into. You talked about maybe the auto center start moving on from the veteran guys on the back end, the, the Holdens, the Hamnicks, the Zaitsevs. And there's guys, JBD, Lassie Thompson, those guys are trying to make their way up there. JBD was called up now with Zub out here. Do you think this is a year where you really focus on having JBD try to play big top minutes in Belleville and have him get really confident and ready for next year, or is this year, like we said, this team is not going to make the playoffs, but they're also not like obviously tanking either. So it's kind of awkward right. and you want to see what you got from guys. Do you think JVD should be really focusing on developing right now, or since it's a bit of a lost season in the NHL, just get them up to the NHL playing big minutes here.
2: That's Yeah. So, and I, I've thought a lot about that because I figured we'd be getting into it at some point. I, I'm i conflicted with this because I believe that him, and I'll include Thompson in this discussion as well, where I, I just, I'm in the belief that they need tons of HL reps, right? Like get, get the reps in, play on a competitive team, yeah. keep getting better. But at the same time, the league is a little different now than it was when I played, where even in my second year in the American League, where things were starting to get very, they were getting easier for me, yet I still wasn't confidence-wise ready to make that jump. So my second year in the American League was like a yo-yo. Like I was just up and down all year. A lot like sort of like JBD minus the injury that he had. But realistically speaking, similar to what his season probably would have looked like had he been not injured. Um, You know, like like where I really figured it out in my game, and I can say this because JBD is probably more comparable to me than he would be with a more skilled individual, right? I, my third year, I was ready, you know, like in the American league, it got to the point where the game was very easy and I was starting to, to just rush the puck all the time. And, you know, my speed and my size separated me from a lot of players that I was playing with at that level specifically. And so I'd get the call up and I'd look pretty good. And then, but I never stuck in Columbus. And then finally the next year, I I made some stupid comments in the newspaper because I was frustrated during training camp. And uh, that kind of motivated me to have a really good camp and stick. So the reason why I say that is, with JBD, I I think I think you can bring him up. My only concern would be, I don't want him to be surrounded by a losing culture where everything seems very inconsistent. The boat's rocking, and you know you don't want that to affect his development, right? Like, and and again, the counter argument to that would be, well, look at look around the NHL now and how young it is, and you know, usually these players need about a year, year and a half tops of real development before you get a really good picture of where they're at. I, I, I would like just, just for argument's sake, sure. I, I'd like to see him play a consistent, you know, yeah. well, even the rest of the season or 20, 30 games, whatever it is. Just show me, show me what you got, okay. and this, this can be a really good benchmark for him. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they have any other options. I think they're, I think their hand has been forced. You mentioned Zub out now and and he's had a tough go too injury wise so now it's yeah. like okay bring him up see what he can do and this can be his little audition and if he can maintain some pretty consistent and strong play and and I want to see him not just survive out there i think for me and why i get critical sometimes of these players is i want to i don't want them to come up and look like an american leaguer i want i want them to be undoubtedly like just without a shadow of a doubt an nhl player like knock the door down and show me what you got and this is a great opportunity for him now because there's a lot less pressure put on the team. I think most people are coming to the realization that the playoffs are sort of out of the picture. Now uh, I now they're, they're not mathematically eliminated. They're far from, and I know that I just don't see them making any catching up on some of these other teams at this point. So show me some of these younger guys, what they have like, and, and I I had it written down, like you got to move on from some of those bets on the back end. They're not going to be here long-term anyway. And Once you do that, I think you'll get a good idea. And and then if that way, also, another good thing would be if JBD is playing, then it gives you a good idea whether he sticks or not going into next season. And then you can make adjustments as far as who you go after in acquisitions, right? So that's where I'm at now. And, I mean, I I don't really – I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what the exact right answer is. But I'm I'm comfortable with him being there as long as it doesn't fuck up his development.
0: Yeah, so I'd, I'd be all for that. Now I'm I'm reading some quotes here from Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. Elliot Freeman, Jeff Merrick, obviously have their finger on the pulse, and this quote is wild to me and almost the opposite of what we're talking about of getting rid of some of these older players that aren't a part of the future. The quote: right. yeah, I think the Sens are still going to go out and get a defenseman. I've heard they consider it important that they get somebody to finish the year off strong. They feel the players need it and find it unacceptable to send the players the message that they can just wilt now. I don't know if it'll be Dumba, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got a rental. I think they want to show players and their fans that they're not going to coast and that they'll compete as hard as they can. If they have to make a move to get someone, they'll do it. Does that not sound more like self-preservation for the GM and head coach?
2: Yeah. You just took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, like, I, and, and it's, it sounds it sounds admirable, right? But I, I don't, like, what? Well, ahead, and here, here's
1: the thing, too. Like, I, I get understand. what he's trying to do, but here's the problem. The Ottawa Senators have finished the last two seasons red hot. They finished the season so good, and fans and the whole message is we're going to ride this momentum into training camp and into next season and then they lay an absolute stinker of a month in october and especially november so if that when had been the case where the end of the year they have momentum and then that carries on into the start of the next season hell yeah let's get a new defenseman let's trade a third round pick whatever and let's build that momentum going into the next season but we've seen that that boost at the end of the year in April doesn't stretch all the way to October months later. So for right. that reason, I I'm seeing that I'm reading through the kind of smoke screen and I'm seeing that more as a, Hey, I'm going to try to save my job here if I'm Pierre Dorian.
2: Yeah. And, and how do you argue with that? Right. I mean, it's exactly what it looks like. I, I, I look, if if I'm right now, if it's me, the hard decision. And we talked about it at the start of the show. Where it's like there there are so many contributing factors to all these random decisions that are being made, right? Like yeah. you mentioned, the it's pending ownership, uh, jobs at stake, and you know, real thin on the back end. And do you address it now? And listen, if you can address it now, knowing that you're going to bring in a legitimate player and sign them to term, or that already has term. I mean, I don't know what you'd give up. That's that's the kicker here. Then yes, I don't care if it happens in the summer or now, sure, go for it. You know, mm-hmm. get rid of you're gonna have to drop a prospect probably, uh, and in a high pick. And you bring in a guy that's competent and that you have for the next three years, give or take, or you have some sort of assurance that he will probably sign, then go for it. But but to suggest that it's a rental for the sake of salvaging, you know any sort of respectable finish to the season. I, I just don't, doesn't check out to me. doesn't make sense.
0: No. And I guess oh. a name that kind of fills that, that need that you were saying where they're going to be here a little bit longer, but I'm not sure if it's a fit either. Although I, I probably would say it's more so than a Dumba or some of the other names we've heard. What, what are your thoughts on Matthias Eckholm coming in as he seems like he's on the chopping block in Nashville signed for three more years after this.
2: Yeah. One? yeah well what's the av okay, well, on
0: that ross before we go on. in my opinion 6.25 well,
2: yeah okay i i like the player yeah my concern is and i i don't have my numbers in front of me but i'm pretty sure he's like 32 years old right i think he's 32 so yes you know the age is a concern because yeah it would, it would it would immediately remedy your back end for at least the next year or two like the reason why i'm bringing up the age thing is because things fall off very quickly once you get it around that range. I mean, for me, it did anyway. I mean, it's my body just start going on, me. you know, big physical defenseman. Yeah. He's not quite as physical, but he's very, he's still very competent in his own end. Makes good decisions with the puck. I like him big fan of the player. Would he be an immediate help? Absolutely. He goes right into your top four. He can do whatever. He can eat up a ton of minutes. I'm just concerned moving forward. But I mean, I guess at this point, can, like how, how, how picky can we get right? Like they've, they've dropped the ball. Yeah. On some of the, the 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 previous acquisitions in over the last couple seasons, it hasn't been great at least on defense. Yeah. Um. So, I'm okay with it. Depends what you're giving up. I'm concerned about longevity and health. Um. He seems like he's probably healthy right now, and he's you know he's doing good. So if you have him for the next three years, even playing at the the pace that he's playing at, then that's a win. But I don't know what you give up, and you're right. I you guys mentioned the the, the dollars there. The AAV is a little high, but you're probably going to have to pay some somewhere north of four million for a legit top four guy, anyway, right? So, but but it gets complicated because then you're at some point you got to sign Sanderson and 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 so on, and it's like, oh boy, now you're looking at a cap team. It's, it's tough, and how do you justify it when you're in the basement right now, right? So. Again, I don't envy the position of Pierre. It's not a not an easy not an easy position to be in.
0: Hilsie, yeah. it feels weird for us even talking about like the cap after so many years where uh, right? nothing. Like it would just if you go to you uh, cap friendly, it was just like one year of contracts. Now yeah. it's how do you fit pieces around and you've got other pieces coming back. Josh Norris looks like he might make a return. You've been off for a while after long injuries. How long should fans expect it? Even though he's been practicing for for quite a while now. How long do you think it'll take for him to get back up to the Josh Norris that we expect?
2: Oh, that's a tough call. I mean, he, you know, his bread and butter is obviously the shot, right? The shot off. Yep. I shouldn't say it's his bread and butter, but it's one of his strengths as far as points go. Definitely. But the two-way play, that's a physical job. Mm-hmm. Uh, being Being good on draws, being sound defensively, fighting through traffic on breakouts. I mean, a centerman... You know, you're, you're taking a lot of licks. Uh, you you carry a ton of responsibility with the puck. It'll take him a couple games, but I mean, he's young, and the man's an animal. Apparently, in the gym, like trains really hard. He's lean. He's in great shape. Takes good care of himself. So, I, I'm and I'm sure he's been skating like crazy. Right? It was. It's been his shoulder. I mean, his legs mm-hmm. still function, so he's been doing all the bag skating. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a couple games. Uh, I, I you know I, I saw a little chatter about the the the, the concern that he maybe coming back too early, potentially, or whatever. I don't think people should be concerned there. I think after what happened with Pinto, this team's on high alert, and they have a fantastic training staff, so they're going to be making sure that there's no risk if he does go back out there. Having said that, there's always risk in any contact sport. But I think I think having him back will only help, obviously. I don't think that's groundbreaking news. Uh, you're going to get your two-way guy back who uh, hopefully will drive the offense on either – one of those top lines and, and be good in his own end really good on draws yada 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 so it'll help I just hope that he's ready and he's at 100% if he does come back that would be my only stance
1: yeah it's been weird for me Mark is part of me is just like we've seen the Sens I don't know, we've seen them rush centerman with shoulder injuries and it hasn't yeah. worked out with Pinto but like you said like the guy's not made of glass. He's been out for so long. He's practicing. Eventually, you got him. Put him back in. So I think it's about time for the Sens to put him back in. And uh, Great. speaking of recovery, though, to recover, you need some protein in you. We sent you a little uh, gift package from our friends at Farm <laughs> to Fork. Have you had a chance to try any of uh, any of those? Do you grill up any of those steaks on your road to recovery gone. here? Nice. They're all gone.
2: I ate all of them and they were unbelievable. All those steaks, man. And I pre- really appreciate you guys sending those over. Um, yeah. I made quick quicker of them even without the barbecue. Now that it's freezing out, I just fry them up on the, uh, on the, on the pan. And nice. um, my wife and I, I mean, I eat usually half her steak as well. So <laughs> it's been, it's been great. So feel free anytime guys, if you want to send a treat over my way after a little while, I won't say no. Great. will, man.
0: With our Uh-oh. friends at Farm to Fork, <laughs> and and we know some of the sends get on board with Farm to Fork as well. And um, hey, I just got confirmation tomorrow. So final question for me, Mike Rupp coming on the show, former teammate of yours. Whoa.
2: you got any stories that we have to tee Rupper up with? Uh, no, I remember playing with them. Um, uh, well, I guess in the you American were super League, when young, you, right at the time. Yeah, I was, I was, a, yeah, I was a rookie, green, you know, didn't know anybody. But I just remember seeing him come in and just look like a guy who probably had a family of five kids, like fully developed man, big beard, he's bald, really (laughs) tough, very scary, uh, but a really good dude, like super good guy, uh, very smart. Uh, So, you know, yeah, I mean, we had him in Syracuse during a season where we had a lot of tough guys coming and going, and Rupper was there. And I think eventually that year he ended up moving – And ended up on an NHL team elsewhere. I'd have to look at the numbers again. But yeah, great guy. I I don't have any specific story other than I know he played for the uh, Trashers for a little bit. So maybe you guys will be able to grill him. Yeah, yeah, before. (laughs) That's hilarious. But but yeah, he does great work. I watch all of his stuff on TV and um, I'm a big fan.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. I'm excited to pick his brain. You know that his first ever playoff goal was a Stanley Cup winning goal?
2: I did not know that. That's decent. Not a bad Uh, first goal.
0: It was right after they played Ottawa in the conference final. He was a healthy scratch for that whole series. Made his playoff debut in the Stanley Cup finals and had three points in four games, including the cup-winning goal. So, a decent little resume there. But it sounds like the real question is we're going to have to ask Rupper about meth. Who's this young kid? I mean, he got a primary assist on one of his goals.
2: He won't remember anything I'll, I'll, i'm a i'm a little blip on his radar at that time anyway
0: that's hilarious so next time the Sens will already be back home when's your next broadcast on tsn
2: uh oh gosh yeah Sportsnet has a large amount of games now until february i think i'm back february like 11th or 13th one of those days there where they're back so until then i've Are... got another junior game and just gonna lay low and watch them on tv you're
1: gonna be in the house for Neil's
2: retirement game probably yeah unless i'm working it uh which i guess i'm there regardless <laughs> yeah but yeah i'll be i'll be there what do you mean oh, this we'll retirement wait. game though jersey they, retirement are, A jersey did, retirement. Did, they not already, yeah. did we not already oh no we just announced it i was sorry yeah. i'm sorry there's been so much going on yeah i was there for the announcement of it where yeah. we had him in the booth and interviewing but yeah yeah of course i'll be there i'll be looking forward to it all right we'll see you there we're coming back for it we're fired
0: up for that and uh and maybe all we'll right. get at the Glebe Central Pub while we're home, but it's going to be great to meet <laughs> you, Matt. And I'm uh, looking forward to doing this again soon, brother. It's been too long.
2: See you guys next week.
0: All right. You listening to the Locked On Senators? Stay tuned tomorrow. Mike Rupp joins the show for Brandon Piller and Martin Mathot. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day.